welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this morning's services in all your branches, Niboy Town, Teshi, Temahie, and in our Michelle Camp branch. Thank you, the Lord, through social media, we're all together hearing the same word, receiving the same Holy Spirit and receiving the same blessings together with our brethren who are outside beyond the shores of Ghana in the diaspora wherever they are on the face of the earth for Lord indeed you are omnipresent you are everywhere at the same time if Lord put your word in our mouth morning service and in the afternoon tree service Lord, we may declare your unadulterated word. Confirm your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Let all who are with us today bear witness that indeed the Lord is good. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. As you know, today we're starting our first um, tree service following immediately after the English service. After the English service, the choir will minister for some 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then we get on with the English service, with the tree service. We believe God to close at 1 o'clock. It won't take long. 1 o'clock, we close. So if you, maybe even if out of curiosity, curiosity you want to stay for the tree service, you are please welcome to do so. Uh, as I have with me two elders, Elder Bafo and Elder Mensa. So you have three pastors. You have three pastors preaching the three word. Um, compared to just me, one pastor, the English service. So I'm believing that in the, English, in the three service, we shall be triply blessed. Amen. This morning, I'm going to teach something briefly work to some, in some detail about polygamy the title is polygamy polygamy this title may not be relevant to christians maybe um in other parts of the world where polygamy is actually a crime the constitution in some countries does not allow polygamy like europe america 
polygamy is a crime. But in many parts of the world and in many religions, polygamy is allowed, is permitted, and it's not a crime. Like Ghana, polygamy is not a crime. So the title is polygamy. P-O-L-Y-G-A-M-Y, polygamy. And we take our text from the book of Genesis, chapter 16. Chapter 16, verses 1 to 6. Genesis, chapter 16, verses 1 to 6. Polygamy. Now, Sarai... Abraham's wife had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelled ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that, when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abraham, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. So Abraham said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Amen. This story we know, we all know very well. Church, polygamy is having more than one wife. Polygamy is simply when a husband has more than one wife. Two, three, four, many. That is polygamy. And indeed, as we go into the Word of God, we're going to look at some things that go with polygamy. In fact, there are problems, problems that go with polygamy. They are not anything good, not anything good. And those who are in polygamous relationships will attest or confirm or agree with some of the things that I'm going to say. To begin with, Polygamy is contrary, is contrary to God's original law. You see, God has his laws which he made from the beginning. And God expected that his creation, that you and me, will obey and live according to this word. So polygamy is, in fact, contrary God's original law as stated in Genesis 2.24. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. 
224. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two, the two, and they shall become one flesh. Later on, Jesus said the two. He has said, and they shall become one flesh. Polygamy is directly, you know, opposed or contrary to this word of God. When we go to Matthew 19, Matthew 19, verses 6, sorry, 3 to 6, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says something there. Matthew 19, 3 to 6. Matthew's gospel, the 19, verses 3 to 6. The Pharisees also came to him, that they came to Jesus, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. At the beginning, God made man male and female. Not male and females. God in his wisdom made man male and female. Not male and females. The two, the two become one flesh when they marry. They become one flesh. Not three or four or five who become one flesh. It's just two. Now the male and female, husband and wife, become one flesh. It's not three or four or five. So a man who is polygamous has three or four wives cannot become one flesh. With four wives, five of them becoming one flesh. Only two can become one flesh. And that's God's original intention, plan for marriage. In fact, God has a very ideal picture of marriage. God has a very beautiful picture of marriage. As written in Psalm 128, Psalm 1 to 8, let's all go there. It's an ideal picture, a very beautiful picture of marriage. Psalm 1 to 8, verses 1 to 6. If I had the whole of Psalm 1 to 8, six verses. So verses 1 to 6. Psalm 1 to 8, Psalm chapter 1 to 128, verses 1 to 6. And branches, let's take note of these things very, very carefully. Let's take note of these things very carefully. Because we're going to mention some things that we should never forget. And I think not many pastors know about these things, but it's all in the Word of God. 
So, Psalm 120 verse 1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. This is just an introductory verse. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. And one way in which you walk in the ways of God is to practice monogamy, one, one husband, one wife. So if you, if you are in a polygamous relationship, then you don't fear God, you're not walking his ways. And he says, when you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. Such a person, when he eats the labor of his hands, will be happy. And he shall be well with you. Church, may it be well with all of you. The Bible says, shall be well with you. Uh, it's a glorious situation. Verse 3 says, your wife, not your wives, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. That shall be, that shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine, verse 3. In the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Just say amen. amen. Yes, may you see your children's children. Say another amen. amen. A very beautiful, glorious picture of marriage. And this, this, this is what we want to see in every family in the church. Even from the days of the Psalms, God described this. Church, may it be well with each and every one of you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Your wife, and not your wives. I would say his wife, your wife, not wives. In fact, the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 24, verse 14, sorry. Exodus 20, verse 14. Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 14, is enshrined. It says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. Um, most, almost in every case, men who marry, marry many wives don't marry them at the same time. Hello? A man who has four wives, does, does he marry four wives on the same day? No, it's one after the other. One by one. So the first one, there's no adultery there. But for the second one onwards, adultery is involved. In fact, many such people who have slept with the, with the other women before they even marry them, or they will have looked at them with lustful eyes before they decide to marry them. So adultery is involved. What about this? Polygamy, adultery, is also there. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Let's clap our hands for our Jesus. You see, God created the sexes to be equal. 
He said, male and female, he made them. He created them. Genesis 1, 7. Let's go to Genesis 1, verse 7. Very first chapter of Genesis. Verse 27. There's an equal distribution of the sex. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, created them. And if you, if you, if you know a little bit of genetics, genetics, how some of us were born males and others are born females, there's equal probability those of you have done probability in mathematics, it's something called probability. It's 50-50. 50-50. One sex has no advantage over the other. One gender doesn't have any advantage over the other. So there is, and God created a population to made up of equal distribution of the sexes. As many males as there are of females. Men and men are equal in numbers. There are not more men than women, and there are not more women than men. But you see, in the church like ours, in the church like ours, there, are, there will always be more women, always more women in every church like ours than men. And if you look at our distributions, every time we come for church service, the welcome team are very careful, diligent, meticulous in recording the number of males, the number of females, brothers and sisters. And the brothers all, the sisters always outnumber the brothers. And that is what pertains in every church. And the reason is that women read gospel more easily than men do. That's the basic reason. Women somehow I won't say that maybe they are more, uh, maybe they are wiser. <laughs> yes, if you, if you look at some of the things that the men do, because you know, probably most, generally speaking, women are wiser than, uh, than men. So women tend to receive the gospel more easily than men do. You agree with me, you know what I'm talking about. And therefore, you find that in every church, the church like our the charismatic church, there were fewer women. Sorry, there are fewer men than women. Women always outnumber, outnumber the men. It also means that among the unbelievers in the world, the men outnumber the women. And look, if, if the sexes are equal, equally distributed, and there are Fewer men in the church means that there are more men outside in the world. More women in the church means that there are fewer, more, more women in the church means that there are fewer women in the church. And that's why we keep praying because being a believer, a sister, believing God for marriage, your choice is limited. As a sister, as a female believer, female Christian, your choice of husbands is limited. That's the reason why many young men 
Aliyah deceived into marrying unbelievers, unbelieving men. Because maybe in the church, all the men are married. There's no man in the church who is single. But there are many single men outside the church in the world. Therefore, some, some sisters fall prey and they marry or they bring these uh, unbelieving men to the church hoping that they can change them, make them Christians, and then marry them. It doesn't work that way. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. So here, there's a word of caution for our sisters. A word of caution for our sisters regarding choice of marriage partners. Choice of marriage partners. Some of us know it. Any genuine minister um, or the church knows aware of this. Therefore, we pray for our daughters a lot that God will, one way or the other, work a miracle and uh, prepare godly husbands for them. And may God prepare godly husbands for you all. In the name of Jesus. In fact, when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says that polygamy is sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. 1 Corinthians 7, 2 and 3. First Corinthians chapter 7, 2 and 3. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the, husbands, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Here, the Bible says, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. That means, if you're a man, husband, you have more than one wife, you don't have just your own wife, but you have wives, then you are practicing sexual immorality. It is the prevention of sexual immorality that the Bible commands us to have each person his own wife and each woman or each wife her own husband. Anything Apart from that, is sexual immorality. And those who are sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. No way. The sexually immoral, promiscuous, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just say amen. amen. Now, polygamy is contrary to the relationship between Christ and the church. You see, I've said it before several times that marriage is symbolic. Though we think it's just marriage, marriage. No, marriage mirrors. It's a symbolic. It's a foreshadow of the relationship between Christ and the church. Christ being the husband, the church being the wife. Christ is the groom and the church is the bride. And marriage instead by God, is a symbol, symbolic, it's a mirror, foreshadow this relationship. So going against this relationship is a very serious, serious 
offense against the word of God. Then the church, and you are in the body of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. And uh, uh, you are not manifesting. You are not portraying. You are not living according to this relationship. That is the, 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 the glamorous goal, fulfillment, the, 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 the end the end glamour, glory of what the church will have. Marriage between Christ and the church. Then we are living in serious sin. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verse 22 is a long verse. I'll read all. Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Ephesians 5 22 33. I'll read it slowly but pay particular attention. Ephesians chapter 5, 22 to 33. Wives, submit your own husbands unto the Lord. In the same way as the church must submit to Christ to God, wives are to submit their own husbands as they submit to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, all Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Christ head of the church, therefore that makes that's what makes man the head of the wife. Not because of anything, but because Christ is the head of the church. Not because the husband is cleverer or what not or more, nothing, not, not, not because of anything, but the Father Christ is head of the church. And which is symbolic of that relationship. Therefore, therefore the husband is made head of the wife. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Church, do you understand that? Because the church must be subject to Christ. The church is subject to Christ. That's why the wives, so if someone may not, will not understand why, say, why should wives be subject to, to, the, to the husband? Why? No, it, it's a spiritual thing. It's all spiritual. Spiritual. For so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You see, when it comes to a husband, he says you love the wife because Christ loved the church. To the extent that he even gave himself, died for the church. So they say, why did the Bible say, oh, husband must, you know, subject to the wives? No, the husband must subject. The important here, when you love your wife, you are subject to her also. So when it comes to Christ, to the church, Christ loved the church. So husbands, love your wives. So Christ also and gave himself for her. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. I don't want to go into this. It's highly spiritual. But let's go on. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any certain, but that she should be holy and without blemish. If I have to go this, go, everything this, you know, if you are if you're a husband and you go out with your wife. You are going out your wife. You are telling her a naming ceremony or anything, some social function. And you, the husband, you are more dressed than your wife. 
you are better dressed. And your wife is dressed shabbily. You are wearing the best suit, everything fine. And your wife is wearing a fiatari. Do you think that is, that is glorious enough? Wouldn't they say you are very, wouldn't people say you are very shabbily? Even your friends say you are very foolish. But you see, young man, be in anything. Be in any, any attire at all. But let your wife be beautifully dressed. Gloriously dressed. Wonderfully. If I spend all your money dressing up your wife. And that's what Christ That's what. Need what time? Tashi, I know, I know you're also, you're also, I can see you're also laughing at this stage. Yes. As far as Michelle can, I know there's a lot of uh, laughter going on Michelle can right now. And I, I breathe in outside. You know, uh, and, and people respect you. They say, hey, when your bar say, pa, wouldn't they say that? Huh? They will say that. But I've never heard anybody say, oh, Obasi, what could you say? You know, the people don't say that. What could you say? What could you say? Hey, Obama, Tantan, what could you say? What could you say? What could you say? What could And and you see you see and that that that, that, that you see and, and that immediately will lift up the man's position. Though the man here of Bamafono, the fact that the, the wife is glorious, in fact, rubs on him. But if the man should dress anyhow beautifully, best, and the wife is with that is full of spots and blemish. It will lower the man's standard. Don't you agree with me, church? Yeah. Then clap your hand, two hands for Jesus. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Where were we? We're 27, eh? <laughs> yes. 28. I was there. So, husbands. So, I said, so. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body, at least as your own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Because of the love of God, God loved the church. God loved the church. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just the Lord does the church. Church, is that in your Bibles? You see that what I'm saying just here. No one hates his own flesh, but you nourish, cherish your wife, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason, listen to it again. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her what? husband. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So you can see that here, there's no room for polygamy at all. Now, so, 
what are some of the causes of polygamy? Why do people go into polygamy at all? And listen to it carefully. Hear it carefully. In some parts of the world, traditional or customary provisions allow and permit it. Custom, tradition. In some parts of the world, I've just said that in Europe and other places, polygamy is a crime. If you have one wife, you go to jail for that. If you marry two wives, you go to jail. In fact, you end up with no wife at all because you are in prison. Traditional provisions, customary provisions, in some parts of the world, such as Ghana and some African countries, allow polygamy. If polygamy were to be a crime here, people will not practice it. But because it's allowed, so men are free to marry many wives. Men are free to marry many wives. So these are some of the, wherever you are, when you are in Africa or Ghana, you know that polygamy is there. And when you move to Europe and America and other places, you know that there is prohibited. Now, apart from custom, customs and tradition, Many religions in any parts of the world also recognize and therefore permit it. There are religions that also allow polygamy. But Christianity is not one of these religions. Any pastor, elder, church who says that polygamy is, gives you some reasons, you're going to go out based on the Old Testament. No, sir, no, madam. Now, sometimes it's barrenness of the first wife. We're looking at some things that lead men into polygamy. Barrenness, lack of children. In the first wife, as you have just seen, in the case of, of Sarai and Abraham, or Abraham, in Genesis 16, 1 to 6. Lack of children, barrenness. Genesis 16, our text. Let's revisit our text. Genesis 16, 1 to 6. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian. That's after 10 years after they moved to Canaan. They were already married before they moved to Canaan. But 10 years after their stay in Canaan, Sarai has still not got any children for Abraham. And she had an Egyptian maid servant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. And for the men, they will agree. I mean, if you're a wife and you say such a thing, many men will agree. <laughs> but see, if, if, if God will restrain uh, Sarah from having children, why would God allow her maid? The first time Abraham slept with, uh, with Hagar, she conceived. Uh, it, it beats my imagination. I don't understand. Uh, well, God knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, um, so Sarah, uh, verse 3. Then Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, she herself took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her gave her to be and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. Know that this time it was twenty it will be fifteen years later that Abraham will have Isaac. Fifteen years, this is ten years. 
Abraham had Isaac 25 years after they had stayed in, 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 uh, in Canaan. But this was this happened 10 years. And so, yes, God promised that Abraham was going to have a child 15 years after that. 15. So that the age difference, the age difference between, within Ishmael and Isaac, 15 years. Verse 4. So he went into Hagar. Of course he will. And she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarah said to Abraham, My wrong be upon you. What do I then? <laughs> My wrong. How can your wrong be upon somebody? No, no, so I'm putting it. So he went to Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw, saw that she conceived, her mistress became despised in their eyes. Then Sarah said to Abraham, My wrong said to Abraham, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. In other words, Look at, look at how the whole story, the whole thing has become. Problems with polygamy. So Abraham said to Sarah, indeed, your ma- Abraham here was very wise. He said, indeed, your maid is, your, is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarah dead harshly with her, she fled from their presence. Many men will say, okay, they will start their first wife. Is that not right? Yes. But in this case, it was, the, it was Hagar who was... Who was who was sacked from the house, which is um, something that Abraham did by faith. Abraham did that by faith. Just say amen. amen. Sometimes a desire for large families. There are some men who want large, large families. When the, when the wife has got only one child or two children, they want, large, they want many children. They think that is a, it's a sign of their, of their manhood. Have large children, desire for large families. Now go to the book of Judges. Judges 8, verse 30. Judges chapter 8, verse 30. So, desire for large families. And who in here? Just say, who in here? Praise the Lord. Judges 8, verse 30. Are you there, somebody? Gideon, this is, a, this is Gideon. This is, a, this is one of the excuses that people choose. Oh, the men that we admire, they, fall, they, have, they have large families, polygamous. Gideon had 70 sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. The Gideon that God worked a miracle with. How many, how many sons? 70. I wonder whether he could remember all their names. 70. Large families. There is no need to have large families. And then, of course, satisfaction for sexual desires. There are some men who are, who are always on fire and um, they always want to satisfy their... They don't know how to control, control their fire. They always want to have... If the Holy Ghost is in you, oh yes, they are always on fire. If the Holy Ghost is in you, 
the fire must come down. And a new fire, a fire the Holy Ghost must rise in you. Not, not the fire in your loins. Sexual desire. Second Chronicles 11. Second Chronicles 11 verse 21. Second Chronicles 11 21. Second Chronicles 11 21. Now, Rehoboam loved Maka, the granddaughter of Absalom, more than all his wives and his concubines. For he took 18 wives and 60 concubines and begot 28 sons and 60 daughters. Or not. <laughs> Can you imagine it? This is Rehoboam. Lord Marker, the granddaughter of Absalom, more than all his wives and his concubines. For he took 18 wives and 60 concubines and begot 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam. A lot of times, because of our hard heartedness, our refusal to obey the word of God. So that all that we are saying that we are hearing that some men who just not accept it. Matthew 19, 7 and 8. Matthew 19, hard heartedness towards God's word. Matthew 19, 7 and 8. Your hard heartedness towards the word of God. Matthew 19, 7 and 8. Then they, they said to him, and then did Moses command to give her to put her away? He said to them, Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But, but from the beginning, it was not so. That's not God. That's not how God intended it to be. But because of our hard-heartedness, you know, um, Polygamy is practiced by many, 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 many parts of the world. Polygamy, even in the church. The first church we were in when we came back from Europe, there was a man who was polygamous. He had two wives. And he was in the church. So they let him sit at the back. But he was a prominent member. The man was a rich. He was a businessman, a very rich businessman. So the church was getting all the money from him. So the pastor closed his eyes to this and allowed him to be in the church with a second wife. Was it the first or second? Second. He was there with the second wife. The first wife was not in the church, but the second wife was there. Now, another cause of polygamy is when, of course, absence of Holy Spirit in, in feeling. When you have the Spirit of God in you, you will, not, you will not practice polygamy. It is the absence of the Holy Spirit's infilling, or even having the Holy Spirit in the first place. And again, we go to our, 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 um, our famous, or our um, scripture, the scripture that we love so much, Second Corinthians 5, this time 16 and 17. Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. 
more on 16 than even 17. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, not first, Second Corinthians 5, 16. The Bible says, therefore, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to their flesh. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him that no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible says that now. As a Christian, we should be, you are more spiritual than, than physical. You are more of the spirit than of the flesh. He said that when Christ was here on earth, his disciples, apostles, knew him physically. They knew him in the flesh. But after he had died, rose risen again and ascended, now they don't know him any, any, any longer in the flesh. Now they know Christ in the spirit as we know him as spiritual now. We don't see him, but we know he's here with us. So we know Christ as spirit. In the same way, we also as Christians shouldn't consider ourselves any longer as in the flesh. Nearby town, Tershi Michelle camp. You hear the sound of my voice. We are no longer in the flesh, but we are more in the spirit because we are in Christ Jesus. The Bible then goes on to say, verse 17, and therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, as we are, if anyone is in Christ Jesus. He's a new creation. All things are passed away. Flesh, the things of the flesh are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So those who claim to be Christians, after unbelievers, we know that they don't have the Holy Spirit. They are not in Christ. But if you are in Christ, and you are truly in Christ, no one needs to teach you, tell you, that you are now more spiritual than of the flesh. So it doesn't take any special effort to, to contain your desire because you are, you are spiritual. But those who are still in the flesh, they are the ones who are guilty of polygamy. They may not admit it, but that is the situation. Because Christ, in whom we are, was opposed to polygamy. He never endorsed polygamy. So if you are in Christ Jesus, how can you practice polygamy? How can you endorse polygamy? How can you preach polygamy? There are problems associated with polygamy. Problems. Finally, let's have some problems associated with it. Pro problems. Problems. Those who are in it will tell you that each of these things are true. Problems. The first one is that Polygamy is a direct, therefore, is therefore a direct disobedience of God's word. It's a direct disobedience of God's word. And that's the first problem. Therefore, as long as you live in polygamy, you are every disobedient the word of God. Then how can you make it to heaven? How can you make it to heaven? Hebrews 8, 6 to 13. Read it quickly. Hebrews chapter 8. Beginning from verse 6 and ending at verse 13. Hebrews 8, 
verses 6 to 13. Bible said that, but now he, that Jesus Christ, has obtained a more excellent ministry. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. In as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. That the new covenant in which we are now, established on better promises. Better promises. For, for, in, for, in, for if that first covenant, sorry, for, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for second. If the Old Testament, the first covenant, Old Testament had been perfect, faultless, then there'll be no need for a new covenant, New Testament. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, and shall I say a new covenant, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not a covenant made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, said the Lord. So we cannot, we cannot go back to that old covenant. So David had many wives. Um, what? Solomon who? Solomon had many wives. Gideon had many wives. So there's nothing wrong with having one. No, God said that that covenant wasn't good enough. It was 40. And they, didn't, they were not even able to continue in any way. Now verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So under new, the new covenant under which we are now, God's laws are now on your mind, written on your hearts. And then when you have the laws of your mind, God becomes your God and you become his people. It's now as if you don't have the laws of God in you, in your heart and your mind, you cannot be a child of God. If you are walking separated from the laws of God, you cannot be a child of God. Then I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 11. Then he goes and says, none of them shall teach his neighbor. Because you have the law in your heart already. None of them shall teach his labor. And not his brother saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Church, may God be merciful unto us all. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now verse 13 says, in summary, in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. The first one is cancelled. Once he says there's a new covenant, you know, the first one has been cancelled. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is already vanished away. It has vanished away. It has vanished away. Otherwise, we will be fasting when we come booze and cows. We have an altar here. I'll be the high priest with the incense, burning the booze. You come to church with a cow. Everybody come every Sunday, bring a cow. Can you bring a cow every Sunday? Even if I ask you to bring a, a, a rabbit, you can't even bring one rabbit every Sunday. How much more a cow or a goat or a sheep? And that's why Christ did that, that for us once and for all. So we just come in, come in free. Besides, if we were to bring cows and goats here, do you want to do you know what would be happening? Moo, can you hear anything? 
And by the time they leave this place, the ushers will spend one month cleaning the place. You know what I mean? They'll be leaving their droppings here. Praise the Lord. Christ has done something for us. Just clap your hand for Jesus. Polygamy brings divisions. Divisions, rivalries, and quarrels. Polygamy, divisions, rivalries, and quarrels. Hannah and Penina. You know them. You know Hannah. You know Penina. Hello? Yes. Divisions, rivalries, and quarrels. If you twin sisters discord, you let two sisters who love each other go and marry the same husband and see what will happen. Discord. Like Leah and, and her sister Rachel. Leah and Rachel. Uh, God in his own wisdom said, let each man have his own wife, each wife his own, her own husband. Now, polygamy leads, not can lead, always leads to backsliding and degeneracy, degeneration. Doesn't matter how hot you were as a Christian before. Doesn't matter how well you began. Once you begin to go to polygamy, or you have, a, you have, a, you have extra marital, or you have a girlfriend somewhere, backsliding and degeneration comes in. First Kings 11, verses 1 to 4. First Kings. These are just a few examples. There are many examples, but First Kings 11, 1 to 4. First Kings 11, verses 1 to 4. Backsliding and degenera- degeneration, degeneracy. First Kings 11, 1 to 4. Back in Solomon, are you there, somebody? First Kings 11, beginning from verse 1. Back in Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. You see, once you have a first wife, and you begin to covet or my underwife, you are now beginning to love a foreign woman. That second wife is foreign. It's a Hittite. It's a Moabite. From the nations of whom the Lord has said, children of Israel, not in them with them, not they with you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Solomon clung to these in love. And he has seven, and he has seven hundred wives. Wow. He has seven hundred. Could you remember all of them and their names? He has, could you remember their names? I know it was a wise kid. Maybe, maybe he, he had a very computer memory. He has seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines. One thousand. And his wife turned away his heart. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord, the, the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. People are so, after all, Solomon had 700 wives and 300 what? Hello? So it brings backsliding and degeneration. It brings separation from God. They will turn your hearts away. You can't worship God if you have more than one wife. 
Now, problems associated with polygamy. Because of competition, in every polygamous house, there's competition. Especially if both wives are, or all the wives, let me say all the wives are in the same house, not the same, there's competition. There's no competition. There's competition. Yes. Competition. And when there's competition, one wife will always do everything she can to dominate her husband. You agree with me? And say yes. Oh, I didn't hear your yes very well. Yes. Competition. Competition means you have to win. And they are competing for the man. So one of them has to win the, the battle. One of them has to win. And in winning means he has to gain control over the man. You have to gain control to the detriment of the other wife or wives. One wife comes, becomes prominent. And sometimes, a lot of times, these wives use spiritual or other means. Spiritual. They consult, you know, and they have, sometimes they have to go and renew. I know, I, 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 I heard of a family where the, the wife, well, you know, many, the wife has actually, but it's the man, no? You are tied the man. The man cannot. When he say, head and the man is shaking. Then, after a while, then the, the, the juju seems to be wearing off. Then the man becomes very aggressive toward the woman. The woman will go and touching things again. The woman will go and then touching things. Now, a boy By the time she comes back, the, the husband says, Oh, where did you go? I've missed you. They said, this man, bring all your pay. Oh, yes, 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 man, yes, yes, yes. I'll bring it all, I'll bring it all. Don't worry. Competition. So, one wife likes to control the husband. Spiritual means or other means. Sometimes, if the wife is wealthy, she'll use her money. If she's powerful, she'll use her position. They use any means, every means, any means available to control the wife, to control the husband, sorry. And it is very common. Very common. I, I've, I've lived in a very polygamous community before. You know, I, I was in Kumar, grew up in a, a Accra, traditional Accra, you know, polygamy. Very common. I, I, I can remember some of the things that was going on there. And of course, in polygamous homes, relationships, you may not believe it, but it's true. There's a prevalence of witchcraft. Witchcraft. Just say witchcraft. Ah, the man is a wizard. Or some of the wives are witches. And I've always said that many women, not all, many women who agree to become second wives and third or fourth wives, they don't have good spirits. The man already has three wives. You are going to add yourself to make four. Such men don't have good, they don't have good spirits. They don't. And any woman who, who elbow out, push out somebody's wife and then become his wife is definitely a witch. Praise the Lord. Many men also who like to marry many wives are wizards. Not all.
You have to marry many wives, they are wizards. So there's, there's, there's a, a prevalence, abundance of the practice of witchcraft when it comes to polygamous homes, communities and relationships, polygamy. Witchcraft is prevalent. So much, so much so that even if you, the woman, you are not a witch, you are not a witch, but you join yourself to a polygamous man, you may easily acquire a witchcraft spirit. It's, inf it's infective. It's pass on. You may find yourself flying out in the night without knowing that you are flying. You wonder what is happening. You are flying. Flying. We are walking, but now you are flying. And then when you have that spirit that you become powerful and you are able to do things, you begin to enjoy, you like it, and now you have power. So you like it. So in polygamous relationships, it's witchcraft. Witchcraft. Finally, the children. Children in polygamous relationships also suffer. They are innocent. They are naive. They are, it's not their problem, but they become victims, targets. These witchcraft and witches, senses, death, lack of progress, spiritual attacks from rivals, rivals. Come on, they are doing this. Before they were top of the class, then suddenly they are now bottom of the class. They become very difficult, uncontrollable, very fugitives. Your children, no matter what you do, they are not, they are not making anything in life. You may not why. Because of, because of spiritual, they would not men and women sat down, their children. We are still married, man, worry, I also, man, don't worry. Haven't you heard that before? Yes. My children marry, none of your children is marrying. I won't sit down and let your children get it. You didn't even get it. No way. So, the third thing, victims of spiritual attacks. Some of them even are killed. Some die. Sicknesses. Sometimes madness. Some go, they, they, they are made mad. So they can't get anywhere. So, church, we shouldn't go near any polygamous man. As a Christian, in fact, you run away from them. And in fact, if the family you're going to marry into is a polygamous family, watch out. There's a spirit of polygamy in that family. Watch out. Con conclusion, Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, Hebrews 13 verse 4. In conclusion, Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, I'm reading this one from the NIV. This is how the NIV puts it. Marriage should be honored by all. I like the way the NIV puts it. Con Hebrews 13, verse 4. Hebrews 13, verse 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral the new international version of the Bible. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. 
For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Amen. Amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. This coming Friday, if you have any questions, during a Bible study, we're going to take questions from this. I know you have many questions that you like to you bombard me with. <laughs> but this is not a... So Friday, if you have any questions, come and ask your question or come and hear questions and how we discuss. But are we blessed today? Niboetan, are you blessed today? Teshin, are you also blessed today? Likewise, Michelle Kam, are you all blessed today? Brothers and sisters in the diaspora, are you all blessed today? Then let's say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. So, so is it a question of how many, what dog has two wives that didn't come in at all? What dog or what goat has two wives? Have you heard that before? You have not heard that? Oh, then I won't say anything more. I won't say more than that. Clap your hands for Jesus. Let you on our feet. We're going to pray. We are well within our time. We're going to pray and then um, we get ready for the second second um, the second service, the tree service. Let's all be up and standing.
from all the evil effects of polygamy. Then also, if you are believing God for marriage or in your marriage, God should never allow polygamy to come into your mind. Whether you are a man or a woman. In other words, if you are a man, you should never, never have the force, have the desire. You have a second or third wife. And if you are a wife, the Lord will protect your marriage as a monogamous relationship. The Lord will also bless your children. And your children, each of your children will have his own wife and her own husband. So we are praying three prayers in one. Open your mouth. Let's all begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for this service and the word that has come to us. Lord, your word is spirit and your word is life. Your word, Lord, is spirit and your word is life. We thank you, Lord, for blessing we give you praise. We give you praise.
that Lord, grant me the grace to fear you and to walk in all your ways. I'm going to pray the prayer that Lord, please give me the grace. Empower me that I may fear you. For Lord, I desire to fear you and to walk in all your ways. So I shall be well with me and with my children, with me and with my family. Church, are you with me? Yes. Begin to pray once again. For the mighty Lord, yes, 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 Now, you are going to pray for yourself. The Spirit of God is very much with us in all the branches. Michelle Camp, Teshi, Niboyton, the Spirit of God is very much with you, with us now. You are going to pray for yourself. You are going to pray for yourself and possibly pray for somebody else also. Make your request known to God. God will hear you. God hears prayer. And my prayer that God is that God may answer you today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Open your mouth, begin to pray. 
Pray for us. Thank you so much. Pray for someone else also. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father God, I pray for all your children. All those who are mission, all who are intention. Lord, I remember them all before you. I remember them all before you. To be the light, my Lord, my God. You may stretch out your hand over their lives, stretch forth your hand over them, and bless them according to their needs. Lord, according to their needs. Lord, according to their needs. In the name of Jesus.